Welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug Podcast, a brand new weekly rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, here plugging the boys in blue, black and white. Yes, I'm your host, my name is Gabriel, and I'm joined by fellow Bath Rugby fanatics Tom and Charlie. Tom, how are you mate? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, yeah. Really looking forward to to the season uh, and, and the podcast as well. Charlie, mate, welcome. How are you? How are you feeling? Yeah, very well. Just looking forward to getting the new season back and running. New Gallagher Premiership. It's all, it's all exciting stuff. So, boys, just to put a bit of context on it, we're fortunate enough to be here in the sunny south of France, fortunately for us, unlike Dave Atwood, recording our first podcast, getting away from things, really allowing us to focus on the rugby. The summer is nearly over. How have we kept busy? Tom, what have you been up to? Well, it wasn't really much of a, a non-rugby summer. We obviously had the uh, the June internationals, um, which I wouldn't say I enjoyed, but at least at least at least there was rugby on then. And then, yeah, had a had a, a nice time on on holiday, and, and now back for the new season. So very excited. Charlie, what about you, matey? Get into the football world cup at all? I know I was behind the three lions. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly got 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 behind the three lions. I was uh, a bit devastated, but you know we, we move on, and it's uh, it's all about all about uh, the boys in the blue, black, and white now. Yeah, winter certainly is coming and the new Gallagher Premiership is nearly upon us. We're just a couple of weeks away now from kicking off under the lights at Ashton Gate. And to come on this first podcast, we'll be previewing Bath season by looking in depth at the ins and outs at Farley House. We'll also be evaluating the depth chart in each position, talking about some of the off-field issues and then make a few predictions which will undoubtedly make us look like absolute idiots come the end of the season. It is really exciting that first that first game, isn't it? Sorry to interrupt there, but just the first game, local derby, Bristol back in the Premiership, the whole rebranding. Um, I mean, it's a massive potential banana skin for Bath, but oh, it's going to be it's going to be a great event. What a way to kick off the season! Yeah, absolutely, certainly. More of that to come, I am sure. But boys, I prepared a little quiz for us to get us in the mood. Um, play along at home. Uh, grab a pen and paper and let's go for it. Oh, how exciting, Gabriel. Thank you. Spoiling us. Spoiling us straight from the off. Don't, don't expect much. Right. All ready? Phones at the ready? Yep, let's no go. cheating, please. Question number one. Bath's last successful season came in the 2014-15 season when we made the Premiership final. In this game, six of the current squad started. Name them. Oh, gosh. This is uh, those were the glory days, though, weren't they? They really were. So, yeah, obviously, George Ford, first one down there. Carl <laughs> <laughs> Loosman. It's, it's not the Leicester side, boys. It's the Bath side we're naming it. <laughs> well, it's probably London Irish West more, isn't it? Nice, easy one to get you going, boys. It oh, gets harder. Feels like a long time ago that, that that final. Yeah, it does. Mike Ford in charge. Sam Burgess. Oh. God, don't, don't, you're gonna, he's starting heartbreak over here, Sam Burgess days. <laughs> the current full squad, yeah? Current squad, who, so the, of the 15 that started that day, six of them are still in the squad, name them. Oh, out of the starters? Oof. Yeah. Okay. Out of the 15. Oh. Right. 
Moving on. Set. Right, question number two. Who is the oldest player in the current Bath rugby squad? The oldest? Who's got all the grey hairs out there? That is not the way I'd be going about it. <laughs> um, well, now, Tom, that's... you have been religiously flicking through that squad for the past two days within <laughs> France, and I am very disappointed. <laughs> I've if not you been don't focusing on the age. Yeah, you've um, been looking at the younger ones. Yeah, who would that be? I think, I think, I think I got that. To be honest. Okay, Tom. Yep. Set. Let's move on. Now, one for the older listener. Now, um, Bart's most famous day came back in 1998 when we won the Heineken Cup final, defeating Breve. But where did the final take place? Christ. Um, I am going to write something down. (laughs) (laughs) That is how a quiz generally tries to work. Okay, moving on. Any idea, Tom? Not sure. A little bit of a a guess at that as well, I'm afraid. Okay, question number four. At the end of season awards dinner last season, who won the award for the best forward? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me player of the season. I think I, that. I, I know that who that one is. Charlie, any idea? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm going to have a, have a stab at it, boy. Okay. Question number five. Flanker Sam Underhill was born in which city? Oh, I think I know this. I think... It's one of those, you either know it or you don't, unfortunately. I'd be exact very surprised city. if you guess it. Very surprised if we guess it. Oh. Mm. There's two going down. There's two going down, I've and I'm going to have to decide when it gets, <laughs> it gets there. <laughs> okay, I'm going to swig of that beer, mate, and a bit of Dutch courage <laughs> and go for one of them. That's going to be... Question number six. During their public fallout earlier this summer, who did Eddie Jones liken Bath owner Bruce Craig to? Got it. I think I know that one as well. And last question. This will act as the tie break. (laughs) I'm not sure that's going to be necessary. If there's a a tie, which there might be naught naught, on what (laughs) date was it announced that Tabai Matson would be leaving Bath last season? The announcement, the official announcement, not the date he left, the announced date. Hmm. Hmm. When was it announced that he'll be leaving? Yeah. When was it announced? Okay. Date, yeah? yeah. I can't remember, yeah. Right, well. Good little question, that one. Okay, set? Yep. Okay, question one. The six starters from the 2015 Premiership final will go in order. Tom, name one. Watson. Yep. I also had Anthony Watson down there, uh, followed by Jonathan Joseph. Yep. Tom, do you have that? Yep. Okay, next. Ross Batty. Yep. Great shout. Charles, do you have that? Um, no, I haven't had Ross Batty down there. Um, I haven't even got six down there yet. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, I'm going to concede that one, but uh, okay, um, follow just... on with Rocco de Guni. Yeah, Tom, do you have that one? Yep. Okay, next, Charlie. Uh, Dave Atwood. Yep, Tom, do you have that one? Yep. And then, so we've got... It's two, no. So I've got, we've named five there. Yep, so one more. Um, This is a difficult one. I put Chris Cook. Started? Mm. No, you'll kick yourself. 
I've I've so written Chai, down. This, I've written you, down. Oh, I can't remember who was at the club have. then. Um, Henry Thomas. No. Oh, South African international Francois. Oh, oh, who played at seven? How on the other now. flank? Who started at nine then? Um, was that Stringer? Been, would it have been Stringer started? Yeah, Stringer. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Question number two. Who so is that's, the uh, five four to five four yeah. to me? Yeah, five four to yeah. you. Oh, this one is. A who is the oldest player in the Bath in the current? Rugby Bath rugby squad. <laughs> I went for a topical uh, answer, but Jamie Roberts. No, he's thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Here we are. Jamie Roberts is thirty-one. Right. Charlie. Do you want to hear the correct answer? Yeah. Anthony Perinese. No. No. Second. Oh. Actually, Khan Fotolini. No. No. Thirty-six. I had I gone written down as <laughs> the other one. I just crossed it out just now. Oh. So Christ. he remains at five-four. I can't believe Roberts is thirty-one. He's a spring chicken. Great signing. <laughs> More of we'll that. that. <laughs> right. Barcelona's famous day, 1998. Where was the final? There'll be plenty of the older, older supporters Can shouting have... into, their mic, into their phones. Charlie, I've... I'll give you a clip. Well, no, go on. I've got no idea, to be honest. I had an absolute blind stab in the dark with Stade de France. Paris then? No. I put Stade de Toulouse. No, it was a French town. It was Bordeaux. <sighs> Can we have a point for closest? No, you cannot have a point for closest. Okay, at the end of the season, who won the award for the best forward? Charlie? Uh, young boy, Zach Mercer? No. I put Benno Abano. It was, Cine, oh. Benno Abano. Tom takes a 6-4 oh, lead. Nearly unassailable, nearly. I need one more. Flanker, Sam Underhill, was born in which city? I'll let Tom go first. Tom? But Newport. Nope. No, he was pretty, pretty certain he was born in America. Yeah. In Ooh. San Francisco? No! Ohio. Oh. Remains at 6-4. Mm. During their public fallout earlier this summer, who did Eddie Jones liken Bath owner Bruce Craig to? He's got um, some rather interesting hair. Uh, Donald Trump. I also have Donald Trump. The Donald Trump of rugby. So that is 7-5? Is great way to keep the... Unassailable uh, Great way to keep the club sweet. Enjoy, okay. their, enjoy their players and then liken the, uh, the owners to... Uh, three points for this last one. On, on what date... Three points so Charlie can win it. On what date... If you get it bang it's on, you can fast. have three points. On what date was it announced that Tabai Matson was to leave Bath last season? Any idea? Not really. Uh, September the 1st. Oh. I went a lot later. I thought it was later. I put November 26th. Oh, no. 5th of September. Oh! Didn't, didn't he leave around Christmas time? No, he left after two matches. Oh, God. So, Charlie, a point. Unfortunately, oh, no. it wasn't enough. Well done, boys. Tom, congratulations. Certainly more quizzes to come in, on the podcast later on in the season, so we'll definitely keep track of the scores. Now, boys, let's get into the nitty-gritty, shall we? Ins and outs. Farley House doorstep has been worn out this summer with all the comings and goings. Out of the club go Matt Banahan to Gloucester, Josh Lewis to Dragons, Nick Autorak and Ben Tapawai to Harlequins, James Phillips to Sale, Nathan Charles heading home to Melbourne Rebels, Rory Jennings to London Scottish, Will Homer to Jersey Reds, Kane Palmer Newport to Colomiers, Sean Knight joining the Richard Hill Revolution in Stad Royanay, Jeff Williams released, James Wilson back home to Southland, and recently in the news, former club captain Guy Mercer released with two years left on his contract. Boys, it's time to address it. Matt Banahan, 264 appearances, 100 tries, tries, 12-year career at Bath. Massive loss, Charlie. Absolutely devastating. And, you know, he signed off 
as he played for every single one of those 12 seasons. Um, fantastically. Um, scored a hat-trick. That was an awesome, awesome afternoon, that one down yeah. in London Irish. Unforgettable. Yeah. Unforgettable. So uh, it's absolutely devastating news um, for the club. It's going to be even more devastating to see him pull on uh, the cherry and whites yeah. just down the road. Before you come in, Tom, emotionally, it's obviously a real dent because he's, excuse me, he's one of the fan favourites. He's the fan favourite, isn't he? You know, and he's, he's the heartbeat of the club. You're a financial man, Tom. Financially speaking, is it a good decision? Well, we don't really know because we don't know exactly what he asked for. And we 270? Also do, oh, yeah, but I, I, I don't think we're sure of that. And we also don't know what, uh, a lot of the new, what, what are the new players are, are coming in. I think, I think it is a massive loss and I think it's short-sighted from the club, to be honest. Um, not only because I think he had, what was he, 30, 31? He is 31 yeah. at the moment. So he's got, he's got in my view, he's got, he's got a fair few more years in him and he was playing fantastically last season um, and I, I yeah and not only that but him coming back as as a coach or, or, or later on like he loves the club so much I think that would have been uh, definitely an option for him the other thing is he just brings so much versatility and that is something that I really think um, we are struggling with in our squad at the moment obviously with Watson out injured um, and we'll go into this in more depth with Watson out injured we are looking fairly thin um, at fullback in particular and Banahan's just got the ability to play anywhere he played anywhere from the 11 shirt through to 15 and, and, and that's very very valuable for, for any club completely I'd completely completely agree with that uh, the fact that he can stand in and do a job at any of those positions uh, is going to be a big loss uh, and it it always it always stand and it it always it always deliver and uh, he pick up the boys around him. Uh, he knows he knows all the other players inside and out. He's uh, he's uh, he's just a perfect perfect guy to fill in that um, utility back role. Um, and moving on slightly from Matt Banahan, um, going on to James Wilson, who also last season was very very influential in that in that mould because Banahan, as we know, went down injured for. Uh, a large part of the season and James Wilson stepping in even at 10 and you could argue had a big role during that those uh, few games and keeping Bath up with uh, with with the, the other competitive teams playing for that that top six spot did, did you say that James Wilson signed on somewhere else or yeah he's at Southland which is a club in New Zealand I think it was his former club oh he's gone to New Zealand um, yeah he's gone back home yeah I didn't realize that because I was going to say I would not be surprised if say you know, as I've said, say say Tom Homer goes down. Watson's not back um, until next next year. Um, I would not be surprised if we're in the market for a, another utility back and, and probably ruin the day that we let James Wilson um, and and or sort of Matt Banahan go. Yeah, so he's come back to Rugby Southland Provincial Rugby Union in the Southland region of New Zealand. So yeah, he's gone home. So it's unlikely we'll be seeing him again in the Bath yet. Yeah, boys, I, I appreciate the points you're making here about versatility and that being an important, important attribute to having a player in a, in, a, in a premiership squad given the number of injuries that you know, uh, are in rugby at the moment. But <coughs> last season was so like freakish in the amount of injuries we had. And with a bit of luck this season, hopefully we won't live through the day we let these boys go because hopefully we'll have more consistency in selection and therefore we really won't need James Wilson. I mean, he's that his best, his best day for Bath was when he, when he stepped in at 10, we beat Sale at home and he, he was brilliant. And 
that is because we had three fly halves injured. I mean, the chances of that happening... It happens. But yeah, it, but happens. it happens, of course it happens. But are we really going to want to invest in a guy on the basis of, you know, to, to be, what, our fourth-choice fly half, our fourth-choice um, fullback, and wouldn't, our fourth-choice winger? Like, are we really looking to invest in a guy like that? Or are we going to say, if that, for example, if that situation happens, there's a lad who, who will get an opportunity in the academy? I I can see what you're saying, but I think every club needs someone in that mould who can um, yeah. play across I'm, the I'm looking line. at it from an emotion, emotional perspective as well, particularly we're talking about the Banahan stuff, because not only is, is there this sort of versatility point that we're making, but he is, as we've said, he is just such a legend of the club. And I think that longer term, as we've seen from you know Stuart Hooper, um, he's he had so much more to offer the club, both on and off the field, and, and, and hopefully... Losing him hasn't meant that, that it's the end of that, but it may well have done. I'd agree with you, Tom. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm pretty confident that if we come calling for balance as a coach, he'll come back. Any other anyone we else want to touch on, lads? The outs or we we think, to get into. I think it? we should mention 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 the two of them that, that went off to Harlequins. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Tapuai is a big loss. I know he was hampered by injury, but he has he he was really really good um, when he was fit when he was firing. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big loss, and uh, uh, the other one is obviously Nick Autorak, and it's a bit of a sad story with Nick because he he was so promising, he was so he was so brilliant when we got him over from Saracens, um, and he had so much potential, um, and the nature of his game, how explosive, how how dynamic he is, both in in the tight and in the loose, meant that long term injuries like he had, he really lost that that dynamism. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was the right move for him, and I really really hope he. Um, recovers his form uh, that he showed a few seasons ago. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that unfilled, unfulfilled potential point of view. Um, and he wasn't getting the game time that he needed. So hopefully at Harlequins, uh, especially when some of those international boys uh, head off, he'll he'll have more of a chance to show what show what he's got. Yeah, nicely put, lads. Um, moving on now to the ins. Let's get into it. this. Is what we want to see. Who's going to be the new lads? Who are the new faces pulling on the lovely blue, black, and white jersey? I'll give a quick list now. So Lucas Nagera, Paz from Hagwires and Victor Delmas from Colomiers. They're both they both joined at the back end of last season. Um, I don't think we'll touch them too much. We kind of know what they're going to bring. Um, a bit more depth in the prop department. Okay, so Jackson Willison from Worcester, Rory McConaughey from England Sevens, Will Chudley from Exeter Chiefs, Jamie Roberts from Harlequins, Joe Cockenasiga from London Irish, Alex Davis from Yorkshire Carnegie, and Jacques Van Roon from the Lions. Where's he France? from? France, France. France. <laughs> That is a lovely South African accent, I'll have you know. Right, what I think we should do, lads, I've got a nice idea. If we all pick one out that we're going to focus on, um, and that, that will allow us to get into a bit more depth about certain individuals. So, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on the field this season at the Rec? So we've got some really exciting new signings across the board. Um, but one man who I do think is actually going to make a very, very big impact, both physically and off the field. Uh, this is a nostalgic uh, point of view from, from Harlequins. Uh, I am a closet uh, Harlequins fan as well. So uh, just tell that to you, mum and dad. That is, uh, that is uh, <laughs> coming out. But um, I think the experience that he'll be able to bring... Um, and provide to some of the younger boys in the likes of uh, Clark and Wright, Max Clark and Max Wright, uh, will be invaluable. He's got 94 Welsh caps. Um, but in a playing sense, 
the ability he has to get over the gain line is is, is second to none to some 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 of those ball carrying twelves, and uh, he'll be able to get us over the gain line, allow the likes of uh, Chudley um, and Khan to spread the ball out wide quickly uh, to some of these more exciting back three players that we got. Can, can I just ask? Like, I, I actually agree with you with, with some of what you're saying there, but there'll, there'll be Bath fans, you know, uh, probably many of our, our, our thousands of fans will be uh, tuning into the, the first episode of the podcast, probably tearing their hair out saying, you know, we used to talk about the days of um, Ford and Eastman um, in the midfield. And now we're talking about Jamie Roberts and we're talking about Will Chudley spreading the ball out. Is it not, is it not a bit, is it not firstly a big step back? And is it also not quite short-sighted given that those guys, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not spring chickens. Yeah. 30 and 31 Chudley and Roberts respectively. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a point to be made, and I I completely sympathise with your with your with your point there. Um, but as far as expansive rugby goes, uh, one man who I think is going to have a very big season ahead of him will be uh, Tom Homer because he can step up into that number twelve role, uh, and uh, he's, he's distributing fullback, so he can uh, he can still allow those boys out wide. To play that expansive, uh, expansive style of rugby that we that we were used to when when we had the likes of Ford, Eastman, and Joseph, um, and he'll be able to do all those things that Jamie Robert doesn't necessarily bring uh, in the likes of, of of playmaking and and tactical kicking, for example, and it'll allow Jamie to do what he does best, get over that gain line, and yep. and allow some of those boys to uh, to really show their stuff. Can I ask? And I don't know if we'll, we'll come on to this, but can I just ask? So does playing Roberts at 12 mean that it's got to be Burns over Priestland? For me, yes. Okay. Well, I'd say. No, I actually, I, I think it points more towards Priestland playing given they've had much more experience together playing for Wales. They, I think I think that Reese can play a game where he brings in the backs as well and I think they, they've got to have a better connection certainly initially than Burns and Roberts if it would help with, but that if, it would help if Burns was actually on the training field as opposed to parting in Ibiza. Then he might actually get a bit of a <laughs> connection with Roberts, although they were together in Ibiza, so maybe that's what they were doing there. I can't see what else Stoop they was were with doing them, so maybe he's going to be 13. It's bonding, it's bonding. <laughs> I can't see what else they were doing there a couple of weeks out from the season, but um, that's a different issue, I think. I think with Roberts, it's just I hope we don't have to base our whole game around him because then if he goes down, I feel like we're going to lack... The, the obvious replacement and therefore we'll have to change our game and we need consistency and we need consistent performance and we need consistency in game yeah, there's, that, no, there's no one like for like in the squad yeah. like Roberts I that mean, is true you know you look at someone like Joseph and you look at uh, you know Max Clark when he played at 13 he was very much a similar sort of similar sort of mould of a player at least Jackson mm. Willison same sort of thing the offloading the uh, the sort of um, attacking play in, in dry conditions there's no like for like for Roberts so if we it's a big big risk if we do uh, mold us out of play around Roberts. My yeah. biggest concern with him would be the fact that he still has his Welsh ambitions. As I say, he wants a hundred, he wants a hundred caps for Wales, and uh, if he can force his way back into that squad, then it's going to be worrying. Um, if he's gone for half the year, especially considering the economics of the, of the club and the amount of money that he's on. Yeah, brilliant, nicely put, lads. That's something that we're going to have to track uh, throughout the season. Jamie Roberts and his England and his Wales, excuse me, aspirations. I'll go next, and I'm going to focus on another of the expensive imports into Farley House. And this man is expensive, and I'll caveat that with everything I say now. But I cannot wait 
to see Joe Cocconacilla pull on the blue, black and white jersey and tear down that flank with Rocket Aguni on the other flank. That, to me, is exciting. And I look, at, I look at signings coming in and he may not be the best value for money and he may not, he may not have the biggest impact this season necessarily. But as a signing that's going to make me want to pay 40 quid to go to the rec and watch... Only 40? Is that with your student discount? Yeah, it's with my student discount, yeah. <laughs> 60 quid at times, 80 quid. I, don't, I pay 80 quid to see this guy play. That's how much I'm looking forward to seeing him pay, play. He's big and he's fast and he's strong, as Eddie Jones would say. And he's still only 20. He's 20 years old. He seems like he's been on the, on the scene now for a couple of years, but he's still only 20 years old. He's got a lot of developing to do in his... Not physically. I, I don't think he can develop any phys- any more physically, given he's six foot four and one hundred twelve kg. I don't think we want him to develop more physically, but in his learning of of, the, of his rugby knowledge and his rugby brain, having Rocco there is going to be yeah. Gonna, Rocco, yeah. although sometimes I watch Rocco and I think he might be slightly brain dead on the field, but he's <laughs> he's certainly got a lot of developing to do. But as a signing that is just going to excite me and get my juices flowing. Cock and a Seager certainly does that. And I may look like a fool in two years' time when we're paying this kid loads of money and he can't even get in the starting team. But if it goes well and if we develop this guy and if we coach this guy up, he could be, you know, he could be, he, he's the same sort of physical attributes as, Matt's, as, as Matt Banahan. And Matt Banahan's position was always, the, was always a wing. So I don't know what you boys think. I know, about there that. was definitely flashes of even Jonah Lomu esque yeah. style of play where he'd be sitting boys down on their arse. And uh, dotting the door, uh, dotting the ball down in the corner. So it but does, it, it does fill me really with, with a lot yeah. of excitement. But, yeah, there's, I mean, there's no doubt he's a an incredibly impressive physical specimen. And and you know, you're talking about him basically being the, the big schoolboy uh, on the rugby pitch. And he was even doing that at, at championship level. And, and sort of last season, we saw him do that um, in the Anglo Welsh Cup. We didn't really see him do it in the Premiership, and I, I get, I get, I get your point about sort of the long term like nature of of signing him he's and like pup, in, in, in a few seasons. I know, but I'm, in this this next this upcoming season, what have you seen from him, and what do you think that, that his impact will be this season? Some. He's gonna have he's gonna have a much fingers crossed he's gonna have a much better pack um, to 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 in, playing in front of him than he did at London Irish. London Irish, you know, often on the back foot, and that puts a lot of pressure on your back three. Hopefully, the Bath pack will be able to get a bit of go forward. Roberts crashing over, release Cock and a Seager, release Rocket Aguni. And yeah, this may not be his best season, but I think it's a it's an it's, it's an exciting it's an exciting signing, and that that's what you know that's what I want I want I want to be entertained when I go to the rack. I'd agree. Tom, who, who have you got? So I've gone for a slightly more um, left field uh, signing. So it wasn't actually a player that you've you've mentioned there because he's actually re-signed. Um, after his his uh, spell in the in the south of France, which uh, as we're sitting here is is very very nice, so I don't blame him. Um, and, th- and that's obviously Dave Atwood, and and you know he has um, he, he has been away for 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 the last season. He hasn't really played much uh, consistent rugby for us for for a couple of seasons now. Um, so it does kind of feel like he is sort of a new signing, and I think it's I think he particularly this season could have a massive impact. Um, you know my my memories of watching Dave Atwood play. Are him just in the defensive, coming out of the defensive line, and just absolutely writing big men off and just changing the game defensively for us. As but we all, in that intro, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, titanium in his in his shoulder, I think. I think the line was, and he, yeah, he, he's an absolute lump, old-fashioned lump of a second row. He's fantastic in the tie, and he's actually really developing his his play in the loose. So I watched a game 
that he played for Toulon. And he was still doing the same things defensively and he's still the, the same big lump. Um, but he also made a line break, made a 40-metre line break and then offloaded at the end of it. And that's something that I haven't, haven't seen him do. So if you can bring that defence back and also, um, also uh, some of that attacking play, particularly being more experienced um, in the context of our younger group of second rows who are very promising at the club, I think he could have a have a have a massive massive impact. So I'm really really excited to see that we're back at the club. I definitely agree with that. He certainly feels like a new signing. We haven't seen him for such a long time, so I think we'd all agree that you, you too, Gabriel. Yeah, I'd, cer- I'd certainly agree with that. The only thing I would would slightly worry about. I don't know if you boys reckon he's got he's got England chances. Do you? I mean, how far away is he? I. I think he's he's somewhere away, um, and I, I actually think that um, you know you've got those you've got those four guys um, in the England setup at the moment. So the two Saracens guys and, and Launchbury, um, and I guess Courtney Laws is kind of in, in the second row um, running at the moment. Um, and then after that, you've got the kind of the younger guys that Eddie Jones um, brings to the training squads. You know, you've got Elliot Stuke, big up Elliot Stuke for getting the England Luke. squad. Uh, Charlie Yule's been in there, Nick Asikway, um, and I just don't think, especially this goes to World Cup, that. Um, Day that will be will be getting uh, in the running squad and, and and all the better for us really. Oh, I don't know about that. I really? think I think that Eddie is going to be very very quick to bring him into at least some training squads uh, to have a proper proper look at him because he hasn't really had the chance as you say for the past few seasons he's barely been able to string some games together uh, and you just got to look at some of his some of his highlight reels just to see what he can really bring to a squad so that is something I'd be worried about uh, it'll certainly be in and about those training squads in my opinion yeah that sounds trap we don't want to lose any more boys to um, international squads right lads that is the anyone more we want to touch I think we'll come on to some of the lads when we look at the depth later that's the on-field additions a few off-field additions actually which are pretty interesting um, off the field and spoke in the quiz about Tabai Matson, and you were certainly surprised Tom that he he left so early. I yep. think that that was kind of underplayed last season, in in that we we were sort of shuffled the pack a bit. Hooper got a promotion. Stuart Hooper got a promotion. Uh, Toby Booth um, had more coaching to do. Todd Blackall had more coaching to do. And I think that was kind of underplayed, and why we didn't have the season that we would have liked. And to address that, we have brought in Gervan Dempsey, the Leinster attack coach. Boys, Charlie, I'll come to you first, mate. What do you know about this fellow? Well, there's only one thing you really need to say. Uh, he's got a playbook to die for, I quote. <laughs> it does excite you when you, when you see things Bet like that. Stuart Hoopers, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, 198 appearances for Leinster, 82 for Ireland. Uh, Tom, what do you think he's going to bring to, to our attack? Well, um, I think the point you made about Tobias Matson first, like I think in the short time, and I obviously thought it was a longer time, but in the short time that he was he was there, he seemed to have um, a really good impact, uh, a really big impact. He's obviously very well respected, as is um, Gervin Dempsey. Like he, he's got great experience, great pedigree, as you mentioned, as both um, a player um, and a coach. And I think also the way that the club announced it, I thought was really really good. So they they've talked consistently about him being part of the long term strategy, and obviously. We're not sure what the deal will be, but it'd be really, really, really good if he could come in and start to build from the bottom up um, an attacking structure that would actually unleash some of the talent that we've got. Because I just think we haven't seen the potential that we've got out wide and and, and, and hopefully he'll, he'll bring that. Yeah, and I think I was reading a bit about him and it, it, he seems to have a bit of a reputation for having really good work with the academy. 
So that'd be interesting to see how he develops these boys. I'm looking at the likes of um, Darren Atkins. I'm looking at the likes of Max Wright, Max Green, um, and... Obviously, De Glanville as well. Glanville like some, as of the, well. some of the much younger guys. Yeah, so I'm looking at like that and seeing how he brings brings those guys to the fore and 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 develops those because it's a bit long overdue really that we had a uh, an academy product come through and really take it take take to it in the backs. I mean, we've had Ellis, Mercer, um, and Bayliss like start to make it in the forwards, Abano, but in the backs, I think it, it's long overdue that we we had a bit of talent come through and, and really take to it. So I'll be interested to see how he develops those guys. Charlie, you got anything anything further to add? No, it's uh, it's certainly a good point uh, that you make there, Gabriel. Um, I, you know, I guess what you're saying about the the younger guys as well, and I guess that would probably bring us on to to, to the other yeah, um, so, the so other it, signing in the in 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 the coaching in the, the other signing um, Pierre Broncon. See, that was a French accent. That's the other a beautiful one was a French accent, accent, Gabriel. Thank you. He has joined as head of scouting and strategic analysis. His role will include scouting young and new talents in England and other territories, and coaching and preparation of the A League team. This seems to me that it's going to allow Hooper to focus more on on the first team um and 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 continue his development his coaching development through that what have you, what do you know about um Broncon Tom I don't know too much about him at all to be honest um but, but what I will say is I think it does sort of emphasize the point you were making just then about trying to bring on the younger guys um, we've spoken about the guys who've come in and a lot of them you know they're, they're top level players but I'd really really like to see us bring on some of our academy players and, and you know just scrolling through the the academy squad um, on on the Bath rugby website and you know a lot of the forward guys that a lot of them in the same positions and, and in the backs um, you know there are only five guys in the backs listed um, on the academy website and I don't know if there are more Um but it really seems like that's an area of the club that we could really grow. And there's so much rugby talent around the West Country and we don't want uh, Exeter, Gloucester and Bristol uh, poaching it all. So I, I think it's really good. And obviously, as you've said there, the, the real emphasis for him is on young talent. He was head of recruitment. Uh, uh, that was his job title at Toulouse. Obviously, that's very much a different um, role from head of scouting. So I'm really glad to see that the club has 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 made um, a direct effort to try and increase the the scouting of the younger guys coming through. I definitely think that that's uh, any any improvement we can get to the academy and the more young boys we can bring through and really build a full uh, and exciting future for the club uh, is is uh, gets a tick from my box. Yeah, the only other one just briefly touching it, Katie Warriner comes in as a sports performance psychologist, uh, formerly with GB Olympics and. England rugby seven. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah. I think, it was four, I think actually, she's just come from four seasons with 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 the rugby yeah. sevens. Um, so that's something. I think that's maybe one we can track further down the line. Interesting. Obviously, sports like psychology of sports is something that's it's it's really growing at the moment, and that's something we can track further down the line. And I think. I can I just add very quickly? I think we're starting to see the impact of Todd Blackadder. Obviously, when he joined, he joined. Um, Midway through preseason, and I think he's he's it's taken time for him to start to make his mark um, on the club. And I know that sports psychology is something that him and um, Tobias Matson are really really keen on. So I think we're starting to see um, sort of his mark being made on the club. And I, I personally think that um, sports psychology is great. Um, and and Katie Warren has got got the CV uh, uh, for it. So yeah, yeah I've got a lot of time for Todd. I've got a lot of time for Todd. Um, yeah, super Todd. Silver Fox, 
Hey, he's a silver fox. I think he's, so he's a good looking man. So, oh yeah, <laughs> he's, man. he's got to be up there. That's the only yeah. way we're getting in top four. What? Is the most attractive DOR? DOR. Yeah. yeah, we're probably in top four of that. I think which, which, which other DORs out there could, uh, could give him a run for his money? Die Young? James John Kingston's gone, really. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely a couple of, uh, couple of boys who could do a job down at Bristol Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Big man. Mark, Mark McCool, sly, handsome, Irish. A uh, bit of me, I think. Bit Rob yeah. Baxter as well. So it's <laughs> kind of... Hopefully yeah. my missus isn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on, yeah. That is yeah, not what we had planned. Anyway, all things considered there, ins and outs. We're going to have a little quick look through at the depth chart of each position um, and have a little discussion if we think we're weak in areas, if we think we're strong in areas um, and just give familiar familiarise ourselves with the squad. So I'll just run through it quickly. Props then. So we've got Nathan Cat, Victor Delmas, Max Laheef, Lucas Nogueira, Beno Barno, probably won't see him this season, Anthony Peronisi, Henry Thomas and Jacques Van Ruen. Tom, as the former front rower on the podcast <laughs> very much former um i'll come to you first pretty deep in this position are we or i yeah i think we're definitely in a in a much better place than we were this time last season um in the front row it's really nice to see lucas naguera sign like i don't know much about uh, van ruin but he's obviously got a quite an impressive um cv but i think the most important thing in this area um is uh, henry thomas and nathan Cat. Uh, coming back to fitness. Uh, it's, it, it's a real, real shame for, for Ben Urbano because he's really, really broken through um, last season. But I think it's a massive, massive year for Henry Thomas and Nathan Catt. Um, they really, really need to continue the form that they showed a couple of seasons ago when they were involved um, um, in the England setup. And, and, and as I mentioned with, with Nick Autorak, in the front row, particularly at prop, it can be very difficult to regain your form because so much of it is based on having that dynamic power and that takes time to recover, particularly after long-term injuries. Um, but I actually think that's one of the most important um, things uh, for Bath this season. It could be a real, real um, win or lose for us, uh, whether or not those two regain their form. So um, I really, really hope they do. Yeah, and I'd, uh, I'd agree with you. As I say, they've got big seasons ahead of them and I would have them down as, the, uh, as, as our two starters uh, on those two pillars. But... Sometimes I've been looking at, at that list and now Benno's gone as well. If a couple of them go down with injury, those those two boys, um, uh, Kat and uh, Thomas, who's stepping up next on the plate? That's what that's what does uh, raise raise some some doubts well, in my mind. I actually think unlike last season when we ended up having to um, sort of bring in... Um, Victor Delmas and also Lucas Naguera as sort of panic signings because we were very, very short. I mean, the, the natural placement for Nathan Cap would be Benno, um, but obviously he's injured. And then there's Naguera and Van Ruyen who both play on that side. Van Ruyen actually can play both sides, but he's he's predominantly a loose head. So I'd say the loose head um, is relatively relatively um, deep. And as, as I mentioned um, in the academy, um, there, are, there are loads of uh, props and hookers. There's Will Vaughan um, who, come, who came through and he played a couple of games um, last like season uh, yeah Edmondson as well so uh, Sam Nixon as well yeah, um, yeah so I think actually we're, we're in quite a good position um, on, on the loose head side on the tight head side Max Laheef I thought had a really good season he's really come on I mean he's an absolute monster and he's shredded he, wheat he, oh, he is and his, his, his dynamism <laughs> off the bench um, 
yeah, he's. He, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling quite confident about props, and that's the first time I can say that. I think for for a few seasons. Anything to add then, Gabriel, or onto the hookers? No, I think we've pretty much covered it there. So the hookers, four hookers: Ross Batty, Tom Dunn, Michael Van Vuren, and Jack Walker. Charlie, given as a man who likes a hooker or two, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Steady on. On, um, on on that on that on that position. Um, talking about the number twos in Bath, not the other. Yeah, one. so I think Tom Dunn is is going to be our first choice. Um, but I also think Jack Walker's potentially got a big big season ahead of him. Uh, he's 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 definitely shown uh, over recent seasons what 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 he can do. Uh, and I'll be exciting to see uh, some new young talent really coming through. Yeah, I think the brief glimpses we've seen of Jack Walker I'm pretty promised with it. and he obviously just signed a new deal this summer so he's obviously in, in Todd's plans and in the in the guy's plans and Dunn's obviously the standout I mean I'm, I'm a big big Tom Dunn fan I'm not a big fan of his haircut check that out if you've not seen it on Instagram it is a shocker but apart from that he he gets himself about his work rate is absolutely outstanding and he is he is without doubt the number one number two in that squad and then I think Jack Walker has got a big season ahead of him to Develop. He's only what is he? Twenty one? Is he? he can't be much more than that. Twenty two. Yeah, he's a young guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a young lad, and I mean, Dunn's not that old by no means. But yeah, I agree with you. Big season for Walker. New deal, obviously in the plans, um, and 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 a, a promising prospect without doubt. Yeah, and Batty's reliable as third choice. Yeah, um, and then onto the second rows, then I guess. Yeah, Tom, anything more to add quickly on the hookers? No, I think I think um, I think you've covered all the points. There. I guess moving on to the onto the second yeah, row. Second row. So before I come to you, Tom, um, I know you've got a few thoughts about this. Yeah. Let's give a quick list quickly before we jump in. So we've got Dave Atwood, Luke Charteris, Levi Douglas, Charlie Ewells, and Elliot Stook. Obviously, with a few of the back row lads available to play there as well, the likes of Garvey and Ellis. Atwood, you've already mentioned that you're you're happy to see him back. Deep position here? Are we deep here? I think so. And I think if you I think you guys know um my theory on premiership second rows, and that is that outside the the you know the six or seven top guys who go away on internationals, I think there's actually quite a significant drop-off um after that in terms of quality. In a way that I don't think you can say for any other position. Um whereas I think really here we've got you know three guys who, as we we've said, could potentially be in any England training squad and even potentially in the in you know in in the squad going forward. Um Luke Charteris and Levi Douglas as fourth and as fourth and fifth choice. I don't think you can really complain about that. And obviously having Matt Garvey and Ellis able to slot in as well. I think this is a really, really strong position to Bath. And and having Dave Atwood back, as I've mentioned, is huge for the club because I'm really hoping he'll be able to bring on um Elliot Stook and Charlie Yules and even Levi Douglas. Um, who have all shown um, a great deal of promise. So um, I'd, 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 um, when the guys are away, when Toje, Cruz, et cetera, are away on internationals, I think this second row group will really, really come into their own. I think, we've got, I think we've got the best second, second row group um, in the country outside of yeah. internationals. And, and you know, perhaps not standout individuals, although they are <laughs> certainly uh, a, good, a good bunch. But uh, as far as depth goes, we've got one of the best uh, best depth charts in uh, in in the row. Yeah, I I I would agree. I'm I'm over Charteris to be honest with you. I mean I'm not his biggest fan. I don't think he is offering as much as he certainly used to. I mean I know he's in former whereas international but I'm I'm not I'm not sold on him yet hundred percent. Well not sold on him yet. I I think he's I think he's slightly over the hill and Levi Douglas 
I'm yet to be convinced by. So as I would I would agree to an extent, Atwood, yours and Stuka, it's three extremely extremely good good options in the second row department. But say we lose yours to the England camp and one of them goes down, then I think we potentially could be exposed. I'm not sure what you think about that, Charlie. Um, yeah, it, it's as far as fourth choice second rows go, Luke Charteris is by no means the worst. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we need to give this this much more much more air time. With a salary cap as well, I mean, you know, losing those guys... You, you can't have an um, extensive seven or eight top class guys. I think we're, yeah, as I yeah. say, I think we're very deep in that position. Yeah, right, moving on. Let's get through back row. Josh Bayliss, Tom Ellis, Talupe Falatau, Matt Garvey, Paul Grant, Francois Lowe, Zach Mercer, and Sam Underhill. I'll, take, I'll take the lead on this one, boys. Oh. This is a nice one, too, isn't it? This is strong. I mean, if fit, lads, a back row of Underhill, Low, six and seven, whichever side you want, and Falatel. We're bordering on well, fifteen stuff. Like <laughs> we are. I'm sorry, and I know I bleed blue, black, and white, but that is true. Falatel is in the conversation as the best eight in the world. Low, certainly a couple of years ago, was in the conversation as the best seven in the world, and Underhill is one of the best sevens in England. In my, I'd start him at seven for England. That is serious. And then we've got Zach Mercer coming off the bench. We've got Matt Garvey, club captain. We've got Tom Ellis, and Josh Bayless, Josh someone that Blackadder yeah. likes. And that's been like Paul, Paul Grant, Grant is, yeah. a, is a solid, solid player. That is, is, is serious, boys. I, I, I think you must agree. Oh, it's absolutely obscene. Um, you know, like, barring injuries, this is going to be a massive part of, of, of our game. Obviously, a few of those guys are going to be lost to internationals. But even when they are, like... We are so, so strong. I think it's such an exciting season because we're seeing Josh Bayliss at the end of last season starting to make his mark. He's a really, really talented player. We know how good Zach Mercer is. He is he's just such a talented player. And then Tom Ellis coming back. And, and, and it's interesting to see, actually, and I know we're going to talk about preseason, um, but the preseason um, match against Edinburgh um, on Friday night. And those three boys, Bayliss, Ellis and Mercer are the back three. Uh, the back row, sorry, and it's it's just it's it's just so exciting that position. It no, really it really is. is. It right. really is, and the the depth is unbelievable, and it really fills me with a lot of excitement. Um, I'll come to you the question then, Charlie. It is deep and it is strong. All fit, which I know is unlikely, and all firing. What is your? For, I know I mentioned that one that I that I mentioned could be a world fifteen back row, but what would be your? Back, back row with replacement on the bench what would you go for uh, exactly the same as you've just said uh, Underhill low put them either side you want and Valatower eight uh, Mercer on the bench you can cover the entire back three as you, you said Tom he can be so exciting with ball in hand give him give him give him some space and he'll cause some serious havoc he's the type of player he'll he'll make these half breaks and then offloads the likes of Rocco Daguni Watson Cockenasiga whoever's out wide um, and it really, really excites me. Balatawi is going to go off um, to Wales inevitably, uh, and also Underhill to England, and also as he's just been called up to the Rugby Championship, uh, Francois Lowe. So that then does raise some questions: yeah. who comes in then? Um, all fit, all firing. It's extremely, extremely exciting and dangerous. But uh, I just one for me, I think. It's a big year for Zach Merce this year. Like that's might seem might seem strange to say, given how young the lad is. But he's out of the England training squad, and 
you know, he needs to have a big season for Bath and, and he needs to nail a position down. Is he a six? Is he a seven? Or is he an eight? He needs to nail a position down, nail a p- slot on that back on that back row down and he needs to get himself in the, in the England yeah. team. And I know he's a young lad, but it's a big season for Zach. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's probably got this, he's got this similar problem to, to Sam Simmons in that he's big enough to play eight at club level. But when he gets international level, I, I don't think he's a number eight. So, yeah, he needs to work that out. And uh, the one thing I really hope that doesn't happen is that he puts on all this muscle when he's suddenly slow and lumbering. Because the best part about his game is, is how quick he is, how elusive he is. So I hope he doesn't lose that. I'd agree, but he needs to get himself in that gym and get some bicep curls on him. He's got the smallest, he's got <laughs> T-Rex speak, arms. Speak yourself, yeah, <laughs> sure, speak to yourself. You can wear tight lines top all you want. It doesn't cover up. You probably haven't been to the gym in four months. No, <laughs> at least he's not wearing his age 12 Quinn's training shirt. No way. <laughs> Awesome, boys. One thing from me. Best bit of business we did over the summer was tie Falatau down to another few years at the club. I mean, brilliant, isn't he? On to the backs. And where where this is probably going to get even more interesting is when we talk about the scrum halves. So, Darren Allenson, Chris Cook, Will Chudley, Carl Fortley, and Max Green. Charlie? A couple of standouts there. Uh, Khan, as he says, we've found out he's the oldest, oldest player in the squad. He's obviously getting on a bit. Uh, when he joined two seasons ago, he was outstanding. Um, one of the players of the season for me. Uh, but last season, it wasn't entirely cutting the mustard week in, week out. Um, it'll be good to have Will Chudley in. I think Will Chudley is a very good signing. Uh, he's going to provide some quick ball uh, and really control the game. Uh, because the likes of Chris Cook, he is an exciting player, but he just, he just... It's just a liability for me. He'll he could win you a game or he could lose you quite a few games on a bounce. Tom. Yeah, I mean from from that back row that really gets your blood flowing. I think my heart rate has has come down to resting very very quickly looking through that list. Um, <laughs> it's not bad, um, but I mean you can see where the salary cap gets spent, can't you? And, um, and Will, it's not a nine. Will Chudley, Will <laughs> it's Chudley, not a nine, is it? <laughs> no, Will Chudley is a good, solid player. And there's no doubt about that. But I just, part of me just thinks, why couldn't we pick up Stuart Townsend, Jack Maunder from Exeter? Instead, we're picking up, what, 31-year-old Will Chudley? Um, that said, though, for me, he does slot straight into the the, the, the number two jersey. Well, not the number two jersey, but um, <laughs> unless, he has a, unless he has a big out of season. Um, but he, he'll be second choice uh, scrum half for me. I, uh, Chris Cook, he's a talented player and he's had so many opportunities, but... He is just a walking liability for me. And um, he throws games away for Bath, I'm afraid. And when you've got the quality of players that we have, um, I, I just don't think it's worth the risk, personally. Gabriel? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a theme of the podcast. We disagree on this. On the, I, the signing of Will Chudley, I've got nothing against the fellow, but the signing of Will Chudley for me is a real... I think it's a, well, I would say poor signing, actually. I'd go as far as saying that. He just... He's, he's obviously extra saying you're not going to get game time we've picked him up like do we really need him like, why are we not we signed Max Green from, from Yorkshire Carnegie midway through last season why are we not developing him he's an England under 20 like yeah we've got we've got Fotley Cook why is Green not is Green now what a fourth choice nine like what's the point of having him there I just think the Chudley signing is it's just a bit pointless and I just don't really think it is it, is he that good as well? I mean, I never really rated him extra. He can control a game well. well I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not, I'm not, not looking happy over there. Um, 
I'll be, I don't think his name helps Chudley. I mean, it doesn't fill you with, it's not Joe Cock and a Seeger, is it? <laughs> I just think like, you can't, uh, you can't let me no, go about his like, name. It's just like, you can't harsh. help that. <laughs> it it, it just doesn't I think, fill I've... me with excitement, the signing of Phil Chudley. He's a 30 year old scrum half who Exeter didn't want. And is he really, really going to improve us? I don't know. And is he going to make us better to watch? I don't know. Talking, this is a this is a nice uh, topic that we could debate for a while, Will Chudley. But I think the biggest debate of the entire squad is uh, what we're moving on to next: fly halves. Yeah, who's playing at ten? Who starts so for at you 10, at ten? Wait, I'll just start this off um, by a little quote. So, so just quickly, the tens are Burns, Priestland, obviously, and Alex Davis, who we picked up. He'll be third choice clearly. And I'll just start with a quote. You can actually. also play scrum half. You can also play scrum half. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we we've already got five for those. So. A quote from the NFL, another sport that I'm I'm a fan of, and it's regarding the quarterback position, which has similarities with the with the fly half position, and it goes: quarterbacks need repetitions to build confidence. If you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none. Is this the case here, Tom? Um, I don't think so. Um, I I'm a bit split on this because I understand the argument that we should pick one as much for their confidence and as much for consistency in um, attacking play and, and, and structure. But I also think that, in my view, um, for the record, Freddie Burns um, should be the number one. I think he showed enough. I don't think his mind was quite right last season. I think he was settling in. He was trying too hard as well when he was playing. Um, he's trying to do too much, um, play outside of the structures that um, we obviously had. And whereas I think he should be first choice, I also do personally think there should be the scope on a really horrible rainy day in Newcastle to start Reese Priestland just because of the conditions. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I, I'm kind of on the fence with that one. I don't know what you guys think. So just quickly, so last season, Priestland started 17 games, two off the bench. Burns started 14 games, 10 off the bench. You can't split like that. You've got... Blacko's got to come out, he's got to nail his colours to the mast of one of them, and he's got to stand by that guy, get whatever the conditions, whatever the day. You don't think there's any flexibility? No, not at all. Not he's got to pick all. one. He's, he's got, got to pick, pick one. one. Pick your number one. For me... Charlie, who would you go for? Yeah, go on. For, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's Freddie Burns. I think he can do some things that lots of other premiership fly-offs simply can't. Uh, he can take the ball to the line, he can give you cross kicks, he, he'll, he'll conjure something out of nothing. Uh, we saw one of his tries that he scored early last season. A little chip, chip and chase to himself. Yeah, it was absolutely it, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, for me, he's he's the man. Uh, it can really open up our back line. But he just needs to be given the opportunity to really not 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 feel like he's got he's got Priestland breathing down his neck. That if he makes a mistake, which of course he, he'll he'll make some mistakes along the way, but the more freedom he's given the more consistent he'll be, in my opinion. Yeah, I personally don't think either of these are long-term solutions at 10. I'd go Priestland at the start of this season. Um, I think he's better than Burns all-round game. I think he'll gel better with Roberts. and But by no means is Priestland our long-term 10. I don't think Burns is either. And I think we need to stick with one of them. And that'll help with our consistency and performance. Because last season, our performance consistency was just absolutely terrible. And we win one game. We, you know, we... We beat what? We beat Leicester away. Saracens. We beat Wasps away. We beat Saracens at home. Yeah. And then we lose to Newcastle at home. We get thrashed at Sale away. Just lack of consistency absolutely marred our season last year. And that is 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 
a, re- a cause of that would be lack of select uh, consistency at 10, I think. That's exactly what I, I would agree. That stat you've pulled out is very interesting. Uh, if, if you've got Priestland playing half the games and you've got Burns playing half the games, then how, how can you really how can you get any sort yeah. of consistency? And those, those, that, that midfield partnerships... Those midfield partnerships aren't aren't going to develop if we can't have any form of consistency. Speaking of the midfield, then let's move on. We certainly, I think the the number ten debate in in Bath is going to be something that's going to run and run for the whole season. Uh, so we'll definitely come back to that. So speaking of the centres, depth is Max Clark, Jamie Roberts, Jonathan Joseph, Jackson Willison, and Max Wright to fill three positions. Guys, is five lads going to be enough? Especially given Joseph and Roberts might be off with England at times. Tom, what do you reckon? Probably not. Um, and, you know, this is the, the point we've made a couple of times already about the versatility and, and the two guys that we've lost. Um, I really, really do think that we are going to be doing exactly the same thing as we did last season, trying to plug a few holes with short-term uh, signings. And that's why I think it was so short-sighted, as I've said, to let go um, Wilson um, and Banahan. Um there is a lot of promise in that group, though, and, and, and Max Clark, particularly at the start of last season, showed real, real promise and then, and then was injured. Um, so if he can regain some of his form, it'll be interesting to see if he plays at 12 um, or at 13. And then obviously you've got the Roberts debate, which we've touched on, and I think the really big thing for Bath um, in the midfield is establishing early um, the style of play that we want to run with. Um, Roberts doesn't really have a like-for-like, as we've said, and if you keep shifting Roberts in and out, that radically changes the way um, that we can play so um, I think there's promise there um, but as, as we've said sort of with the, with the fly half stuff I would really like to see um, Blackadder nail our, our, our colours to the mask in terms of um, a style of play and also um, a first choice sort of 12 and 13 that we go for Yeah definitely and in my opinion Jackson Willison is, is, is quite an exciting signing and he's going to have a big big uh, start to the season because Jamie uh, not Jamie Roberts Jonathan Joseph is out until out until October, so someone's going to have to fill that 13 jersey, and it's not going to be someone we regularly see there. Uh, yeah, that is for sure. Um, so, now to the wings. Uh, on the wing, Darren Atkins, Ali Brew, Joe Kokonasiga, Samessa Rokodaguni, Cooper Vuna, and Jack Wilson. For me, there's two clear standouts there, Joe Kokonasiga and Samessa Rokodaguni. As a mouthful it is, I think they've got to be our, our back two going forward. I accept completely that Ali Brew had a, a career best season last season with Player of the Year at the awards, at the awards do. But are we going to really see that again from him? I don't know. And I think those two are really standout, um, standout lads. And then aside from that, Vuna and Wilson. Cooper Vuna. Are they really? Are they really going to step up if we need them? <sighs> My worry with the. Um with the wings and I guess my my question to, to both of you is those guys and I agree with you I think the two stand-up guys are Rocco and, and Kokonasiga but obviously you've got Vuna and Brew as third and fourth choice there probably are those wingers all very very similar and you know they're so similar in style of play do we have any like potential for like variability or, or are we just going to be a one-trick pony on the wing yeah I'll take that one then um, I think well I think Darren has got a big role to play there um what is he, Darren? He's Darren Atkins. He's twenty-one. You know, he is he is not in the mould of of Cockenhassig or Rocket Aguni. He is a more a more agile, stepping, quick, 
like quite a slight winger who can um, who can offer that different game. And I know he's only a young lad, but he's just been obviously promoted from the academy this season. Obviously, they think he's he's got a bright future ahead of him, and if he can if he can take his chances, he would he would offer that alternative. I mean, I'd much rather see him play than I'd rather see Cooper Boone say, oh, I agree, is another sort of big kind of lump, like physical um, physical specimen, specimen mm-hmm. and physical physical winger. And the other one, just uh, sorry, Charlie, I'll, I'll come to you in a second, mate, but another one would be McConaughey, who we've not touched on yet from, from Rugby Sevens. He would definitely be in the mould of a more quick, stepping um, winger who would add an alternative if he can pick the game up. Charlie, what do you yeah, reckon? Uh, McConaughey is what I was going to add to this. You know, we've got him down listed as, as a fullback, but he can certainly play out on the wing as well. And we've seen, we've seen Marcus uh, Watson for Wasps coming across from England Sevens, really making an impact for that team. And he can step in and provide some really exciting, exciting running uh, out wide. Yeah, the the only thing I'd caveat that with would be if we look at Jeff Williams, for example, who was listed as the outs. You know, what was that three years ago now he joined? And he was this, you know, quick guy from the sevens. And he, you know, he had his problems with injuries, Jeffy, but he never really got it, did he? And it could be the same with McConaughey. It can go both ways, like you mentioned with, with, with Watson, or it could go the other way. It is a risk. Yeah, there's definitely some reputations to be built by these younger lads. Uh, yeah. You know, Jack Wilson is. Uh, no, sorry, not uh, not Jack Wilson. Uh, Darren Atkins has got has got a good. Yep. Levi, Levi Davis, another one that we've yeah, not mentioned from the academy. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Finally, then fullbacks. Uh, Tom Homer, McConaughey, as we um, as we just spoke about, and Anthony Watson, who uh, when when we next see oh, Anthony Watson in the Bath shirt, it's just so sad. I um I will not know. So yeah, big year for Tom Homer. Yeah, I certainly agree. He's one of the guys I I feel almost feel like a new signing. We've not had him string some games together for quite a while. As I say, he can he's that Alex Good type of fullback in my opinion. He can step up into the line. Uh, we saw that we saw the try that he scored against Gloucester. Unbelievable individual talent. Um, but as I say, he can step up into the line, distribute, take some pressure off off Jamie Roberts as I think we'll be playing at 12 uh, and really bring in some of these some of these unbelievable talents that we've got on the wing yeah I completely agree and he is so talented and he's been at Bath for a bit now and every time he's played every time I've seen him play I've thought he's got a fantastic skill set he's fantastic in attack his positional play at fullback's really good as well my big worry is that he is very very susceptible to injury and I, I hate to keep bringing it back to injury but you know he was out had a long term injury came back played I think four minutes and then was injured again um, and I just really really hope that he can string together a few games because if he does you know that's our fullback issue sorted because he's definitely a quality he's player definitely he's, definitely, got the he's definitely got the talent to play at fullback but um yeah, I'm, uh, I think the injury is, is is worrying, particularly with obviously Watson out out long term. Yeah, I reckon we've done that. And boys, anything anyone anyone wants to add before we move on to some off field off field issues? We all good to go. No, I think that's good. That's good. good. So yeah, as we as we touched on, it's been a been a summer of ins and outs at the club. But another of the big developments was the progress towards this stadium for Bath, um, and a lot more information is being slowly released. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's a good time in the pre-season preview to to touch on it and to really talk about it. Uh, Tom, I'll come to you first here, mate. Are we finally getting some some progress with with this? You know, we've spoken about a new stadium for Bath for for, for God knows how long. Are we finally getting somewhere? 
I'm not sure progress would be the right word. Um, there have been some plans drawn up. Um, they've been, what they've been talking about, consulting stakeholders for the last couple of years. I don't think there's anything more concrete, but it at least is at least good to, to sort of see some uh, plans at least coming together. And, and j- just for a bit of background for, for those listeners that, that, that don't know much about um, the stadium for Bath. So currently, um, the REC, the, the stadium um, of the REC as we know it, isn't actually owned by, by the rugby club. It's owned by, by a charity. And one quarter um, of that, um, of, of the whole area that they lease, is actually the recreation ground. So um, there's the bit behind the river, um, and there's also the, the, the fields behind the temp- where the temporary stand um, is now. And the plan really is, is quite a spectacular renovation of that whole area. Um, and it would be um, both for the rugby, the, rugby, the rugby club as well as the wider community. So there's talk of having a, a leisure centre behind in that field behind the temporary stand, also tennis courts, football pitches, um, and also um, quite a radical um, revamp of, of the stadium itself. Um, so yeah, I don't know what, what, what you guys think about it uh, in yeah, general. Yeah, I've kind of like looked at it and it's all a bit, um, there's a lot of hairy-fairy language going on. It just doesn't seem to me like we've got, we've got any idea of, of a time frame here. And they obviously need to, they need to be, need to be careful to, to put a time frame on it because they, they've, got, they've got no idea. And they, they don't want to put a promise out there which they can't deliver on. But I'd just like to know like, when is this going to happen? When are we going to? When are we going to start seeing, seeing seeing developments? When are we going to be moving in? Are we going to have to move out of, of of Bath and play play out of Bath for a couple of seasons whilst the stadium is being built? We definitely would need to. Do yeah, that. and I, as I would imagine, and I just think like, as much as you know, we've released all these plans. I think we're still a long, a long, long way off from it from the, from this actually happening. Is that is that how you'd see it, Charlie? Uh, yeah, there's the, the 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 Bath Stadium debate has been going on for a long, long time. Uh, I it fills me with a bit of dread. I have actually I'm I'm in love with the Rec. It's one of my favourite stadiums in the entire country. Uh, I like the way that it's it's. It's, it's, it's a temporary stadium in a way. I quite like it. I do think we need to develop the stadium, of course, but uh, there's nothing, nowhere else like it in, in, in the whole UK. You're sat there by the river. You've got the abbey towering over you. Uh, and the best part is after the game, you roll out five minutes later, you're in the pub. And I love it. Sorry, sorry to drop, but that's the whole point of the stadium for Bath. The whole point of it is that we do need to increase the capacity. We do need to improve the facilities. The whole point of the stadium for Bath is that we're able to do that without moving away, which is the other option. And then we lose everything that you were talking about then. Yeah, no, of, of course, of course. And I, I, I just, I'm just hesitant about it all. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you mentioned the capacity there. The thing that surprised me when reading through... Uh, is the capacity is only going to increase by it's not even four thousand, is it? Yeah. So the current capacity is fourteen point five k, and it would go to eighteen thousand, two thousand of which would be would be standing. Yeah, that's not a lot of difference. I thought if we're going to, it's going to be a huge investment. I would have thought we would have at least bumped up the possible uh, the possible capacity slightly more, even I don't know fifty fifty percent of what we initially had. It does surprise me. Um, yeah, you mentioned huge investment there. Who's paying for this? Is Big Bruce in his, delving into his pockets? Are we having to sell a few more Hoovers to get Dyson to fork out for it? Who's, how, are we, how are we paying for this? It can't be cheap. I don't think that's clear yet either. Obviously, um, 
the rugby club will will be a hand in pocket. I imagine that that the, the council and there will be I imagine there'll be public money going into it. Given that, um, obviously there'll be a lot of public facilities um, as well in the in the overall stadium. Um, I guess just on the point you're making about the, you know this taking so long and us not having any definite uh, concrete timeframes or costs um, or even plans. And I I think that the point to make is that th- these things always take a long time, but particularly in this instance. The club and the and and the company Arena 1865 that are in charge of um, sort of the whole development, or not in charge of development, but overseeing the development, they have to be so conservative given where obviously the location is on on a World Heritage site. Um, and the issue you raise about capacity, that that's that's the reason for that is because they basically said that they can only have 26 row deep stands, um, and because of obviously where it is um, and the maximum amount of people you can you can have in that is is 18,000. Um, the other, they're talking about some other quite radical things as well, um, just to mention. So they're talking about raising the pitch up um, nearly four metres, improving access to the ground as well, which are all positive things. But oh. um, obviously only time will tell um, how that's all going to go. And it's definitely something we should we should keep an yeah, eye on. Yeah, let's, let's look to track it. But um, if we're still doing this podcast, when we're finally moved into the stadium for Bath, I reckon we'd have done all right, lads. We might have double figures <laughs> listeners by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it won't just be our old man. Anyway, predictions, lads. Little preview, um, and then we'll we'll move on to to a little idea of what we think is going to happen. So, just quickly touch on it. Uh, Friday, the seventeenth of August. By the time you're listening to this, this game will probably already have happened. But uh, against Edinburgh at their place. Following Friday, the twenty fourth of August, the Scarlets at the Wreck. Just a little word if you are if you are going down to that one, get down there early because the Bath ladies are playing the Scarlets ladies uh, prior to that game. So get down and support that. Um, what do we want from these? Just really quickly, lads. What do we want from from these preseason games? It, performances, not results. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, and most most importantly, seeing how some of these new partnerships are going to develop. Can we see the likes of Robertson, Willison playing together in the midfield, or Max Clark? Uh, it just it's going to be largely performance based rather than results, as you as you say, Gabriel. What yeah. about you, Tom? Yeah, I, I, you know. I never really read too much into pre-season matches. Most of the work's done on the training paddock and, and in the gym. Um, it's nice to see some of the combinations um, starting against Edinburgh. So it's nice to see Atkins at fullback alongside Rocco de Guni. Um, it's nice to see uh, Freddie Burns start, to be honest. And it's also nice, as I mentioned earlier, um, to see Ellis, Bayless and, and Mercer um, combining in that back row. But I think uh, I'm not going to read too much into this. Obviously, we'll wait and see um, when the season starts. Yeah, just the one thing that I want from pre-season games is no injuries yes please please please, then lads let's get excited all gets underway 31st of august friday night lights against the bristol bears banana skin charlie certainly it's it's certainly a potential banana skin i i'm 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 confident but i am also filled with 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 worry you know this is going to be a bristol outfit that is 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 superior to what's come up in the past uh They've got some absolutely delightful names in that back line. Stars, world-class stars, Charles Piertau, uh, Chris Lewis, Stephen Luatua and Ian Madigan. Ian Madigan. They're all fantastic operators in the back line. Um, and it could, could prove a difficult outfit. Uh, it's not going to be a walkover by any means. There's over 18,000 tickets sold already. It's going to be a big name, a big game under the lights. Local derby, they're going to be absolutely revved up to the max 
Yeah. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's definitely there's definitely potential for a for a, a slip up there, unfortunately for for Bath. Um, I mean, Charlie, you, you mentioned you're a, you're a Quinns fan. You only need to look at the double header opening match at Twickenham, which I was actually uh, at last season, and, and London Irish oh, um, gave you a bit of a get a bit of a hammering, and then went on to win a couple more matches, and 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 they were down by what, what was it January. I personally think that you know this rebranding. They've got eighteen thousand people uh, going to Ashton Gate, including myself, um, which is probably more than they'll cumulatively sell for the rest of the season combined <laughs> at Ashton Gate, given uh, <laughs> given past attendances. But no, j- joking aside, it's great to see Bristol back, um, and I think you're right to talk about those signings. But I think the key word is backs. The key word is the back line. Um, I would really question their strength and depth in the front five. Um, it's a big step up in the front five coming up to Premiership level. Um, whereas I think it's great that Bristol have, have come back up. Unfortunately, I don't see them uh, uh, getting any su- sustained success against such a strong Premiership um, uh, league at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be a it's a massive game, isn't it? Like all the boys will be there. They'll have had it circling their in their diaries as soon as the the fixtures came out. You know, this is this is the game for Bristol, isn't it? Bath at home, and just to have it on that first first Friday night, God. They'll, they'll be so up and bit a bit of needle on Twitter between the respective um, accounts Bristol Bears and Bath Rugby something that um, if you're on Twitter just just track that it is quite entertaining I think it will be interesting to see who he picks at 10 um, and interesting who he picks in the midfield as, as that might give us an indicator as, as, to, as to his long-term plans um, so just quickly a bit of news has just been broken as we've been recording the podcast Um Regarding the Champions Cup draw, obviously in Pool 1 with Leinster, Toulouse and Wasps. Pretty tough draw. Fixtures were just announced. Tom, quick update. Yep, so we've got Toulouse at home um, for the opening match. That's on Saturday, October the 13th. Um, then following week on the, on the 20th, we are away at Wasps. Um, then there's a break um, and we've got Leinster at home um, on the 8th of December. Um, then we've got Leinster away back to back Leinster back to back following week that could be a tough one pre-Christmas Gervan Dempsey um, going back yeah 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 that's going to be that's going to be a tough in uh, the wet. tough December um, and then into January we'll have Wasps at home on January the 12th so Saturday and then the big one I I, I think there's massive potential for, for away, away yeah. day on this one I hope there's a really good Bath contingent um, going to this game most of them probably got uh, summer houses anyway um, that's on January the 20th um, it's a Sunday and that is a way at Toulouse so that should be very exciting if we are still in the running for um, progression out of the group stages oh, that's definitely one I could eye up uh, some wine tasting in the south of France would not go amiss <laughs> <laughs> certainly boys right let's wrap this up brilliant first pod fellas um, just just have a quick quick uh, thoughts on our season as a whole how we think we can do um, well, I'll come to each of you here, Charlie. What is Bath's ceiling? How high can we go this season? Our oh, ceiling, there's unbelievable potential. The main thing I will say is, can we keep everyone fit? Uh, because when we've got a full full strength outfit, we could, you know, we can turn over some of the best teams out there. Uh, our ceiling, we we can definitely, we should definitely have our eyes on top four. Uh, and when, once we get into that top four, it's 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 two knockout games, and anything can happen. Um, but I, I'd I'd like to see us finishing third or fourth. What's your prediction for the record? Third, third, third. bold, yeah. bold. And then, well, bold. before we get on to your prediction, Tom, what is our our 
our floor? What's our how low could this get? How bad could this go? We can't go down, can we? Surely not. Tom. Oh, is that me? Yeah, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, um, no, we, we we won't go down. As I said, uh, Bristol will go down, and I think that will be uh, that will be confirmed um, by the end of January. Uh, probably going to February. End of January. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them beating anyone. But anyway, we've, we've, I do not see them beating anyone with the, with the, with the front five they've got. Anyway, we've done Bristol. Um, 11th could we get as low no, as 11th no I don't think we could we'll finish higher than Worcester um, we should finish higher than, than than Sale in my view um, and we should finish higher than Quinns and Six. We, we we could finish we could have a bad, really bad season and get hampered by injuries again and finish ninth. I don't think that's going to happen realistically we probably could have finished as high as 2nd or 3rd if everything went to plan but the key as you say Charlie is is keeping everyone fit and also just consistency. I was having a brief flick through the fixtures from last season. You know, first game of the season, beat Leicester away. Second game, beat Saracens at home. Brilliant start. Then the third, the fourth last game of the season, we lost to Saracens away, got hammered by Saracens away. And then the third last game of the season, we lost to Leinster. Leicester, sorry, at home. Well, it wasn't at home, it was at Twickenham. But it just shows that progression. Other teams progressed during the season and we plateaued or went down. So it's really, really important. There's huge potential for variability um, as we've said, um, I'm optimistic about this season. I think we've got a good squad. Um, I think we're in a better place than we were this time last season. Um, I think we will finish fourth. Okay, Gabriel. boys, finally, I'm going to end it on a, on a positive note. It's happening. We're 20 to 1 with bookmakers. That is a cracking bet. Get, get <laughs> some money on it, boys. We are going to win the grand final at Twickenham in April. And this podcast is going to be the reason why. Aren't we fourth favourites go down, though? We are fourth favourites go down. <laughs> Absolute blind optimism. <laughs> Always the way, boys. Right, fantastic pod, guys. Really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, we'll be back every week. Uh, we'll be, our next podcast will come following the Bristol game. Uh, probably be out on the on the on the Tuesday um, after the Bristol game. S- hit subscribe, hit subscribe on your on your feed, uh, and that po- that that podcast will be delivered straight to your device. Stick with us, boys. Um, we're just getting started on this podcast journey. It'd be great if if, if you're listening, if you could tell your mates, um, spread the word because we've got no other way of getting it out there. Just a quick one. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, yeah, we're going to be trying as act- we'll be as active as we possibly can on there, giving our views um, on on all things blue, black, and white as the season progresses. Yeah, so stick with us, lads. Um, get out, get out for the Bath game. Buy a ticket if you can. Get down there, sing your hearts out, and enjoy the rugby. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Come on, you Bath.